Welcome back to episode 99 of Podcast Royal. Unbelievably, our next episode is our 100th episode. I don't know how that happened. How are you, Jessica? Doing well. How are you, Rachel? I am doing well. Um, on my little magical mystery tour that I'm doing this summer, I'm actually back in Birmingham this week, and then I'm off to Nashville on Friday. So the the madness slash fun slash adventure continues over here. Yes, it is. And we are just pushing right through summer. I can't believe we're middle of July already. And um, the Royals are busier than ever. And we're back to talk to our listeners after just a couple days. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's not very often we do two podcast episodes in a week. But here we are, we recorded on Saturday, and then it's Tuesday. Now today is July 11th. And so this is part two of what we kicked off on Saturday, or I guess the episode came out on Sunday about um, just catching up because the as you said, the Royals are busier than ever right now. I, I, I think that they're going to ha- take their break in August, but I feel like ever since the coronation, they have just been busier than ever. And so we have so much to talk about. This is again, kind of part two bookending what uh, we talked about over the weekend, but let's go right on in to the Royal rundown because we do have quite a bit to talk about today. So before we kick things off, I want to say happy early birthday to Queen Camilla, who turned 76 on July 17th and Prince George, who turns 10 on July 22nd. Can you believe that George is 10 years old? I know we talked about that in our last episode and I feel like the 10th birthday has to be a pretty big deal, right? I wonder what, what plans they've got for him this year for celebrating 10 Mm -hmm. years old. Do you remember where you were or what you were doing when George was born in 2013? Do you remember um, getting the news that, because you and I did not know each other yet. We didn't meet until 2018, but uh, do you remember hearing that Kate was in labor and then that it was a boy and his name and everything? Yes, I do. I remember, um, you know, the photo of her as well, holding little baby George. I can't tell you exactly where I was, but um, no, I absolutely remember the news coming out. It's so weird because I remember this like it was yesterday, even though it was a decade ago. I had gone on vacation the weekend before to Galveston, Texas to see one of my um, dear friends. We were actually best friends in middle school. I This is so random, but I had gotten sun poisoning like something with the sunscreen I was wearing was not a high enough SPF and so my face was totally broken out so I actually took I think July 22nd 2013 was a Monday if I'm not mistaken pretty sure it was because I took that day off because I looked terrible I felt fine but I looked horrible and so that just happened to be the day that George was born so all of my coworkers who knew I loved the Royals were like oh yeah you were quote unquote sick <laughs> and I was like no I really like I wasn't sick but like I had I looked terrible and anyway so that's when the baby was born but then of course we didn't find out his name for a couple more days and anyway I just can't believe that that was a decade ago I, I I've said this once I've said it a million times the days are long but the years are short but anyway happy early birthday to Camilla and George. And so let's talk a little bit about Wimbledon. So Kate has been seen at Wimbledon this past week. It's one of her favorite annual events in the Royal calendar. So I want to talk first about, so she actually didn't sit in the Royal box um, when she went in the mint green blazer that kind of was reminiscent of Princess Diana. I'm sure you know the look that I'm talking about. She, uh, and it was raining and she sat with the public, which I thought was really interesting. And uh, I wanted to know what you thought about that bold outfit choice and the fact that she braved the rain and sat outside of the Royal box. It looked to me like she was having a great time. 
Yeah. You know, there was a lot of discussion about her outfit. I thought she looked great. I thought it fit her current style. It's really in line with what we've been seeing her in lately. Loved the mint color. Um, And I know, you know, it seemed like there were some mixed reviews about it, but again, I thought she pulled it off really well and she was very comfortable in the crowd. It seemed like she was really enjoying herself. And of course we know tennis is a love of hers and she's totally in her element at Wimbledon. Yeah, she looked like she was having a great time and the rain couldn't dampen her spirits at all. And speaking of tennis, before this appearance, she teamed up with Roger Federer to train with Wimbledon ball boys and girls, of which there are about 250 teenagers who take part. The average age, I learned, is is only 15 years old. So there is actually a great video that accompanied this. I wish in my wildest dreams I was like one one hundredth as athletic as Kate is, but I don't know if you got the chance to watch that video with her and Federer. I did. Yeah. And I was really glad she was able to participate in that. You know, as I, I mentioned, she's totally in her element around tennis. Um, and she's also in her element around kids. So mm-hmm. she had, you know, 15, there were some kids there. I know, you know, we talk about her a lot with the younger years and especially being around little children and babies. And since our last recording, she actually had another engagement with a little bit younger audience. So um, she visited the Young VNA Museum. I think it was actually back late June. And for listeners, if you don't know, she actually became patron of the museum in 2018. But since then, it's been totally updated. It's got a new name. It's got some new galleries. And she was there for the opening of that event. So during her visit, she got to tour the new galleries. And she also participated in a story time, which I thought was really cute. Um, I saw her talking to the kids and sharing some little stories. But um, I have to say, I do also really like what she wore for this engagement. So mm-hmm. she, what she had on was actually a rewear from 2021, but there was something really funny about this dress. I don't know if you noticed. So she wore a light pink Beulah London dress, and it was actually the same dress that we saw Sophie Winkleman and Peter Phillips' new girlfriend wearing mm-hmm. at Royal Ascot. And we talked about that last time, you know, Sophie was in the yellow color and Peter Phillips' girlfriend was in a, like a light blue color, but all different colors but a really lovely dress, same style. And I guess technically Catherine wore it first, right? <laughs> she did because it was back in 2021. I love that dress. And she wore Beulah London again. We'll talk about polo in a minute, but a gorgeous dress from that line to polo um, just a few days later. So that's a, a line that she likes. So yeah, I uh, I love that look. I, lo- I like the pink color specifically too. So let's talk a little bit about Prince William and Prince George, our almost 10-year-old. So back at the first of the month, Prince William actually took Prince George to a cricket match against England and Australia. I don't know if you saw pictures from this Mm -hmm. event, Rachel, but the two were both dressed in button-ups and blazers, and they seem to be having a really great time at this event. I really like their father and son dates, and I like that they bond over sports. You know, um, at one point, the cameras actually caught them both kind of drinking out of some kind of beverage. I mean, it looks like maybe water with lime or something, but... Mm. They were both enjoying that. And then we caught a glimpse of Prince George chowing down on some pizza. So <laughs> even our royal kiddos like a slice of pizza every now and then. <laughs> they they look so like they, their mannerisms are so similar. Like you can just really tell that they're close and I love seeing them together. 
Yes. And in the notes, I know you can see this, I actually added a photo from the event. So they were sitting in a private box and this was my favorite picture. The blue chair that Prince George is sitting in has a little crown emblem on the back and he's leaned back and the way the camera got the photo it looks like he has this tiny little crown sitting on top of his head and I just thought how perfect for <laughs> Prince George to be appeared with a little tiny crown on his head and it, it doesn't even look like it looks like a very feminine tear <laughs> like it's just, that's an, that's an awesome shot it just happens to be where his head is I mean if he were any taller his head would cover it that's hilarious I, I have not seen that photo that is so funny um I just love seeing William with his kids I mean he's obviously such a great hands-on dad he's great with all of them and so um and hey you know who doesn't want to see a royal chowing down on some pizza that's incredibly relatable so um let's briefly 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 touch on some Harry and Meghan news just feel like mentioning this because you know it is significant we've talked about this story a lot over the last few months they have officially vacated their UK home of Frogmore Cottage which is a bit of an end of an era for them so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that but they officially moved out and so you know I think Charles gave them until I think early summer and so um, that's that's now so any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, we, you know, we talked about this a few weeks back as well. I think it makes sense given how little they are in the UK and there's a big empty house just sitting and mm -hmm. could potentially fall into disrepair. So I think it makes sense to do something with that home and have them move out. And it sounded like when we talked last time about this, that King Charles would have an apartment or something for them at Buckingham Palace to mm -hmm. stay when they come. So it's not like they're going to be out on the street or they're going to have to go find a hotel. I mean, they'll have accommodation. So I think it's the right thing. Yeah, I do too. And I mean, they're never there anyway. So, and I don't see any reason for them to be back unless Harry's in court again or something. But um, yeah, so that's kind of the end of an era. I mean, I guess we never really, when her late majesty gave them Frogmore, I'm sure she never saw it ending this way, but here we are. But I want to go hop back to Prince William. So he and the Princess of Wales joined the King and Queen in Scotland on July 5th for the Scottish coronation. We could have talked about this on our last episode, but we wanted to save this for um, for this episode because the other episode would have gotten a little bit long otherwise. So as I mentioned in our last episode, Kate rewore that blue Easter Sunday outfit from Catherine Walker. She also did yet another bum pat to William, which I think, you know, this is becoming a trend. She did it at the BAFTAs. She did it at the Scottish Coronation. Um, I have written quite a few stories lately from Marie Claire about the remarkably more frequent PDA that the two of them have been showing lately, including at Polo, which we will discuss momentarily, but I don't know if you've been noticing this, but I mean, Kate and William have always been a very in love couple. I don't think until maybe the last year or less, really, honestly, since her late majesty passed away, I feel like they've been more physically affectionate and open than ever. Have you noticed that too? Yeah, I haven't. I think we're starting to see little changes in, I don't know if the word is protocol or, mm -hmm. or not there, but you know, I think in the past, it wasn't totally common to see royals in a working engagement, engaging in PDA. And I totally understand that. I think it makes a lot of sense, but you know, also we're in a modern world and at the end of the day, these are, this is a married couple, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think there's a balance there, you know, I think you can do it tastefully without overdoing it. And I think maybe they held off in the past out of respect for her majesty, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, whether it's, you know, 
Catherine painting her fingernails a little bit different color or, you know, patting William on the bum. I I think it's fine. I think it's showing how they're modernizing um, and they're being more relatable and I'm here for it. I, I think it's totally fine. Yeah. And none of it's like over the top or salacious or offensive or anything like that. But I think you raise a good point. So I, I, again, I maintain that there's not some like Royal protocol book that sits in Buckingham palace about nail polish or pantyhose or whatever, but I I think you're absolutely right. I think that um, everyone in the Royal family follows kind of the preference of the monarch. And so for example, her late majesty and Prince Philip did not ever show PDA. So therefore no one really showed PDA except Harry and Meghan. They were always doing their own thing, being very PDA'd up. But William and Kate didn't really do that because that was really, as you said, kind of the precedent that she set. Same thing with the nail polish. She preferred light pinks and nudes. And so that's kind of what the women of the family adopted. Now, um, I mean, I wouldn't say that Charles and Camilla are extremely PDA friendly, but I don't see them as like you know, standing two feet apart either. So I think that William and Kate probably feel more free to show their love in in physical form. And I I think, I mean, I think it's adorable, Um, but yeah, we're the bum pat is, is becoming a thing. Um, I never thought I would be writing about bum pats so often because I've written about it at least two or three times, but anyway, there was no moment of crowning at the Scottish coronation at St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, but a crown was there. And Charles was presented, presented, excuse me, with the honors of Scotland, the country's crown jewels. So the reason why he wasn't crowned is, as he was on May 6th, was Scotland has operated as an independent royal realm for over 300 years. And as such, it would not be appropriate or accurate for him to be crowned in Scotland. So this second coronation ceremony follows precedent set by Queen Elizabeth and was part of Royal Week in Scotland, which included a garden party at the Palace of Holyrood House on Tuesday, the day before the ceremony. By the way, I will never be able to think of Edinburgh and the Palace of Holyrood House and all of these places, because if you remember this, Jessica, so actually a year ago at this exact time, I went to Europe, I went to London, Paris, and Edinburgh, and I got so sick with what ended up being COVID when I was in Edinburgh. So I had one day in Scotland, we went out in the Highlands. It was amazing. And then I missed the last three days of the trip, including all of the Royal stuff. Like my friend went to, who is like, not, not a Royal fan, but is certainly not a Royal fan. Like I am, she got to go to the Britannia palace, of Holyrood house, all of these places, Edinburgh castle, all by herself. And I was so sad to miss all of those places as I, as I lay dying in the, in the hotel room. So anyway, I just, I I've got to go back, but I digress. So in many ways, it was, it was kind of a slightly scaled down version of the May 6th coronation. It included a fly past a 21 gun salute. So did you see that? And this is not like, this is not uncommon. This happens in London too, but did you see that the King and Queen were met with some protesters when they were in Edinburgh? Yes, I did. And it's hard to tell, you know, not being there in person, you know, really how strong it was. But from the footage I saw online, the protesters did seem to be pretty vocal. I mean, Mm -hmm. I could hearly clear them chanting, not my king. So, um, you know, I don't know if it was that loud in person or if that was just from the footage that I saw. But um, I did read protesting is permitted in Scotland, you know, as long as it's not violent. So they showed up. They showed up, but again, this isn't the first time and nor likely will it be the last time that that 
their protests. And Kate, by the way, was wearing a necklace from the late queen that was valued at 23,000 pounds. And you might recognize it. It's beautiful. It's a four, four strand choker. She wore the piece to both Prince Philip's funeral back in 2021 and Queen Elizabeth's funeral in 2022. And as she has been doing a lot lately, she also wore a pair of Diana's earrings. Well, before we go any further about the princess of wales i have some exciting news to share about kate Mm. she's going to be an aunt again soon i know you've seen this rachel and i'm sure our listeners have too but her brother james milton announced on instagram that he and his wife ali zay are expecting their first child so as a reminder they were married in 2021 And in his announcement, he shared the cutest photos. There were two photos of her with their dogs. And he had a really sweet little heartfelt message. So his caption read, it was a very difficult start to the year after losing my beloved Ella. However, we will end the year with the most precious little addition to our growing family. So as listeners know, Ella was his dog that he lost. Um, So, you know, he's still thinking about her and um, in missing her. But congratulations to them. That's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm so happy for them. James has been open about his struggle with depression. He has spoken openly about how his dogs, especially Ella, helped him walk through that. And so I'm so happy for this couple. I love this couple. And so, okay, let me count. This will be the, this will be Michael and Carol Middleton's, I think seventh grandchild. So that's really exciting because William and Kate have three, Pippa and uh, her husband, I think his name is James Matthews have three. And so seventh grandchild, that's so exciting. And I'm as much as Kate loves being a mom, I'm sure she loves being an aunt just as much as well. So congratulations to James and Alize and all the, all of the Middletons. And I want to circle back really quick to Royal PDA. So kind of mentioned this a minute ago, but Kate supported William at, at Polo as he played in Royal Charity Polo Day at Guards Polo Club in nearby um, nearby Adelaide Cottage, which of course is their home in Windsor. So I think for the second year in a row, because I remember this, basically the same photo happening, different outfit, um, Kate mm-hmm. and William kissed at the event. It was kind of, a, I mean, they weren't making out or anything. It was like, you know, very European, like, you know, cheek kiss, but I mean, it's still, it's PDA. Um, Kate drank a glass of champagne as one should do. And I loved her look to this event. It was a long sleeved cornflower blue dress with white floral print. Again, the line was Beulah London. And uh, again, as I, as I said it earlier in the show, she wore that label just last week, that pink dress that you mentioned at the young VNA museum. So, um, you know, I just, I'm kind of loving just how in love they look. I actually don't think that I've ever seen them look more in love. So Speaking of PDA, did you notice some other PDA going on with Royals this week, Rachel? I mean, PDA is a weird way to phrase it, but go on. (laughs) So I'm sure you saw Joe Biden was actually called out after um, he put his hand on King Charles during his visit to Windsor Castle on Monday. So he was actually on Biden was on his way to a NATO summit and stopped by Windsor Castle to have tea with the king. But of course, some stories have come out. He's been criticized for touching the king. I think he put his hand on his back or something. But mm-hmm. technically, people were saying that this is breaking protocol, although Buckingham Palace did come out and they made a statement. They said there are no official rules in place regarding touching the monarch. Um, but I also <laughs> noticed I watched some video from this event and he did actually walk in front of the king, which you're also not really supposed to do. I think a lot of these are, you know, unspoken rules that you should probably adhere to. 
Um, but I will say he's not the only American president who's made this mistake before. So President Trump actually walked in front of the late Queen Elizabeth at one point during a visit. And Michelle Obama also gave her a hug during a visit. Mm-hmm. So I remember both of those. We've got a pattern going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the meeting between Biden and King Charles was somewhat focused on political topics. They discussed environmental issues. And while he was there, Biden also met with British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. So um, I, I don't know if you saw the news footage from this, but they were sitting outside and, and I was watching it. And the Prime Minister actually presented Biden with a new 10 Downing Street mug. And in the video, he said, you know, we've got a mug for a new mug for you and they picked it up and they're looking at it and the prime minister says they put tea in the mug but I think it's actually iced tea and so they're both kind of like looking and (laughs) sipping the tea and I I laughed because I was thinking I guess that's a safe way to prevent a burn if anyone who thinks that they put iced tea and you're in the UK like we're not in Birmingham we're not doing sweet tea and in London I think it's like, you know, news, like morning news shows when you watch news and they have their coffee mug on their table. There's always just water in the mug. It's never actually coffee. Um, So I think it's more just for appearances. Oh, my gosh. Well, I just anyway. Yes, I, I but I did. I just think it's so funny how Buckingham Palace has to release this statement like it's OK that Biden touched like touched his back. He, <laughs> he was comfortable with it. It was okay. Actually, I think that I, I'm like paraphrasing now, but I think they even said that it was just a sign of how well the countries work together, the great relationship that they have or something. But anyway, that was a nice save by Buckingham Palace. But anyway, so let's move into, if you're ready, royals around the world. We've got some royal family crossovers since we recorded our last episode. So the Dutch royals visited the Belgian royals and the Jordanian royals met with the Spanish royals. So Queen Mathilde, am I saying that right? Mathilde? We don't ever talk about uh, Belgian royals. I I say Mathilde, um, Mathilde like okay. a hard key, but I'm not, I'm not positive. Okay. Well, she's the queen of Belgium and Queen Maxima of the Netherlands. They both attended a diplomatic dinner in gowns. Take a look here, Jessica. We've got a photo. Um, I want to know what you think of these, of these gowns. I think that, uh. I I love that ice blue color. I was just about to say that. So we are full glam here and I think I am in my ice blue era. Um, (laughs) I loved Princess Beatrice's ice blue dress at the um, Jordanian royal wedding and I am loving this dress. I mean, this is, you know, we're talking floor length gowns. Listeners, we've got kind of a rosy pink color off the shoulder, uh, sleeveless dress and then we've got this icy blue floor length gown that almost has like a sheer cape like feature mm-hmm. over the back and mm-hmm. I love it go look it up online listeners if yeah you that's a gorgeous here. color that is a gorgeous color so the event was a state banquet at Lake and Castle in Brussels that was hosted by the queen whose name I can't pronounce from Belgium Matilde it's M-A-T-H-I-L-D-E I need to look that up we we obviously don't talk enough about the Belgian royals but anyway and her husband King Philippe so in honor of Queen Maximum and her husband King Willem Alexander so the Dutch royals were there on a three-day visit to Belgium their first visit in 17 years which is kind of surprising because I think those two countries share a border so um, 17 years is a long time so then Queen Rainia of Jordan and Queen Letizia of Spain met in Madrid they undertook an engagement together and like the two aforementioned queens these queens also looked very chummy and friendly it really is such a small club 
that really understand the work that they do. I mean, how many, like, there's not that many queens of insert country or region here. So it's probably really important to them to lean on each other because who can understand that work unless you're doing it, you know? And so after the engagement, the two shared lunch at the Royal Palace. So we've got a photo of them as well. So any thoughts on these looks? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely obviously a totally different event, but a much more casual look than what we just looked at. We've got kind of a floral midi sleeveless dress and a long sleeve black kind of like a, a more fitted dress here, mm-hmm. a mini dress. Um, I don't love the black dress. I do really like this floral one. This mm-hmm. looks like something you'd wear to a garden party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's really appropriate for the season. The black is a little, a little harsh for summer, but she's got, looks like a, what is that? An embroidered butterfly, like right over the mm-hmm. stomach. Yeah. 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 I like, actually, I, I kind of like the top of this, but not so much the bottom but um I think Letitia's dress is so gorgeous I love the heels that she paired with them too those pink heels these are two beautiful women I mean actually four beautiful women all of the women that we just named are absolutely stunning so and uh speaking of stunning European royals we Americans get to keep a royal stateside just a little bit longer. So Sweden's princess Madeline, her husband and their three children were due. We've talked about this on the show before. We're due to return home to Sweden permanently this summer, but it looks like they won't be moving back until 2024. So the family currently currently resides in Florida and has since 2018. The reason given wasn't incredibly dramatic, just that there hadn't been enough time for the family to get their affairs in order prior to the big move. So it's still happening but it's just a little bit delayed until 2024. Well, I'm glad we've got that update because I have been wondering since we made that announcement on this show, what's been going on if they've already made the move or where we are with that. And I sort of imagine they already had. So glad to know that um, they'll be over here with us a little bit longer. A little bit, but yep, we still got some more European Royals over here. Okay. So before we wrap up this last segment, because we've had a lot of talk lately about you know, and I say lately within the last year about funding royals and their responsibilities. I did want to mention the Danish royal family again. Listeners probably remember we discussed several months ago that Queen uh, Queen Margaret removed royal titles from her grandchildren whose father is not next in line to the throne. So think like the Prince Harry of Denmark as far as mm-hmm. like being in line to the throne goes. Um, so it's Prince Joachim's children. Okay, we've got another update from this family regarding royal duties. Prince Christian, who is actually the future king of Denmark, he'll be turning 18 in October. And it's been announced that he will not receive his royal allowance upon his birthday. So he is now currently second in line to the throne. His father is Prince Frederick, who is the husband of Crown Princess Mary. I know listeners have heard us talk about her before. So traditionally royals would be receiving their allowance at 18, but there was a decision recently with the prime minister's office and they've chosen to withhold the prince's allowance until he turns 21. So with that, he will also not be expected to take on any royal duties until he's 21 either, which I guess does buy him a little bit more time to, you know, be a kid without all the stresses of being a working royal. Um, He'll be able to enroll in university and really just have a little bit more fun for a few more years. So I think that's, you know, a great, a great balance for him. And while we're on that subject, just to refer back to another royal family that's done something similar, 
listeners will probably remember this too. We talked about Princess Katerina Amalia, who's Mm -hmm. also known as the Princess of Orange. She didn't accept a salary when she turned 18, but she actually penned a formal letter declining um, her salary on her own until she begins time as a working royal. Um, She's in college right now. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and I said this at the time and I say it again, I applaud her for doing this because I'm just telling you, If I was an 18-year-old princess with a salary coming my way, I can think of all the shopping I would (laughs) be planning to do. So I think I would have a tough time turning down an allowance. And I really applaud her for that. That was very, um, that was really just, it just shows what kind of leader she'll probably be in the future. Right. And I remember that story coming out at the time. And I really respect that as well. I think she said, I haven't done anything to earn it. So why should I have it? And I like, love that. I mean, that's so respectful, respectable. And, um, before we move off of Royals around the world, I I'm thinking about princess Madeline. So there's five international Royals that I can think of that are in the States. And I just want to drop this here. It's neither here nor there, but you've got Madeline of Sweden. You've got princess Mac. Well, she's not a princess anymore. She gave up her Royal title to get married, but, um, now she's Mako Kimura. She married a guy named Kai Kimura from Japan. She gave up her royal title to marry and and by the way a 1 million dollar payout. They live in New York City and then there's of course Harry and Meghan and then we've got and then the Denmark royals Joachim and his family are moving to Washington DC by September 1st. And yeah. then um oh my gosh, I'm Martha Louise of Norway is in California. So we've got quite a we I mean we don't have a royal family here in the United States, but we're just doing like a hodgepodge of different royals from around the world. And that's why we're so, I mean, that's not the only reason why we're so interested in it, but I I think royals around the world are, are fascinating, just as fascinating as the UK royals, if sometimes not more so. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fun to learn about the different families and we've gotten a lot of feedback from our listeners. They enjoy the segment as well. So we're definitely going to keep it up. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up this episode, I do want to read a DM we received on Instagram from one of our listeners, and we got this a while back, and it's been on my to-do list to share it here. So one of our listeners in Italy um, sent a message, and I love, you know, I love hearing from people all over the place. And so um, anyway, Margarita says, good morning, dear Rachel and dear Jessica. My name is Margarita from Italy. I discovered your podcast a few weeks ago and I am binging on it. I decided to listen to your podcast from episode one. So I am a little behind, but believe me, I'm catching up. So surreal to hear you talking about the Royal family events after they happened, but it's so interesting to listen to your perspectives. You're amazing. And your podcast makes me so productive while I cook or do chores. It is a pleasure (laughs) to listen to you. I wish you both a beautiful day. And I love that message. It was so sweet. And it was just really, um, I liked hearing that, you know, people are going to go back and listen to episodes. Look, we've come a long way. Our our first episodes (laughs) weren't great. Um, but it is kind of cool to think about going back and listening th- to things in the past and, and how they've changed now. So yeah. that was really cool. And and thanks, Margarita, for that message. Yeah, that's, see, that kind of stuff makes my day. And I want to thank you as well. Also, we got a really nice um, review on Apple Podcasts. I want to read five-star review. We love those. Um, this is from AMJ3398. Um, he or she, I'm not really sure, said, love this podcast. The two hosts are sweet and the content is, is fabulous. I'm so glad I found this positive podcast cast. And so, you know, we do love those five-star ratings. We sometimes will read them on air. So please keep them coming. And uh, we love the kind words and we love all of you podcast Royal Loyals. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, Rachel, why don't you close us out? Yeah, well, of course, as I just said, we really appreciate those five-star ratings. We'll talk more about this in our next episode, but our next episode is our 100th episode. That's a huge milestone. Not many podcasters make it to that milestone. So as a little gift for us, why don't you hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and tell us what you like. And we might just read it on the air and come hang out with us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. Jessica runs that content, does a great job, usually has stories and polls and all these things. And, you know, I I, I monitor our email accounts. If you have questions or thoughts to share, you can always. Yeah, well, of course, as I just said, we really appreciate those five-star ratings. We'll talk more about this in our next episode, but our next episode is our 100th episode. That's a huge milestone. Not many podcasters make it to that milestone. So as a little gift for us, why don't you hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and tell us what you like. And we might just read it on the air and come hang out with us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. Jessica runs that content, does a great job, usually has stories and polls and all these things. And, you know, I I, I monitor our email accounts. If you have questions or thoughts to share, you can always. Bye. Bye.